Welcome everyone to the next episode of the Catapult Podcast. No guest this week. We were originally not sure if we had enough stuff to cover. And then Wargaming made a submarine sortie. <laughs> <laughs> they dangled the bait and we could not resist. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is, this yeah, is mostly going to be the sub-article, but there is also one other topic we're going to cover as well. Yes. Also, uh, on, on a side note, I mean, I choked about Wargaming making now a, a cooking show, and they obviously made one, so... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I did see the thing with recipes. I didn't check out the article with the video in it yet, but... Yeah, I haven't seen the I video, mean, but... Uh... It would be... It's it's a bit... Like, you'd think they would maybe have made, made it a bit more naval-themed. They're not necessarily dishes one associates with the history of various navies, but what, what do I know? On the other hand, maybe, maybe people wouldn't have been wild about, here's, here's a recipe of how to make hardtack. <laughs> Enjoy. You have to you have to leave it for a while to get the full maggoty experience, though, like Master and Cremander. I mean, for the video, they say they will continue showing unusual cooking recipes from naval history. So, as I said, I haven't watched that video yet. They have made recipes about the more mundane dishes that we have the patches about. You know, I wouldn't complain if they did that. It would be a sort of fairly fun thing overall. Fairly inoffensive. Um, like, why not, I guess? I mean, they really should just get, like, somebody like the twins cooking, right? That would be hilarious. <laughs> yeah, on the actual Warships channel, just, like, cooking stream, sure. Sure, I mean, nobody wants to hear about anything they announce about the game anymore anyway, so let, <laughs> let's just make this a cooking show. Well, uh, as amusing as this start was... Um, our main topic, uh, there is the Steph Block article. Submarines, your questions answered. I mean, not really, but, you know. Questions that we've pretended that you've asked so that we can answer them in a way that makes us theoretically look better, but not really. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. So, I mean, in the opening article, they already stated that they understand it's impossible to make submarine gameplay suit everyone. I mean, nobody claims that, that everybody will enjoy them. But we strive to create a comfortable and understanding gameplay loop that will provide many players with a new and interesting experience, and they have miserably failed on all of those accounts. Uh, of course, after the release of submarines, we'll continue to work on this new class. However, as we've already stated, for the next few updates, we're not planning any significant changes. This way, players can get used to the new class. You know, that's already the first thing that makes no sense, right? If, if submarines are in a great state, right? I mean, they aren't. Then why do you have to make an announcement that they aren't going to work at for now, uh, for, for a few patches? And if you are considering significant changes after that time, then it makes no sense for people getting used to a class, right? It's basically, it only makes sense people getting used to playstyle. The playstyle continues. So either you think, you know, they, they are more or less ready and you don't plan any significant changes anyway because you are so convinced that they are the greatest thing ever. Or you should make those significant changes rather soon so then get, people can get used to the finished product. Yeah, it is a bit. Like, I've said this before. It, it kind of feels like they're setting out to collect some 
data for a patch or two with a sort of non-moving target. But um, they seem to be, the, I don't know, they're just framing it in a way that it strikes me as, as kind of weird and not particularly honest. And I don't know, they seem determined to tell us that um, that we will enjoy subs and it'll be fine and we'll just get used to it. And it just feels like they've been telling us that for literally years at this point. And, um, you know, through all the different various iterations we've had, I don't know if that's been true for any of them, and it's still certainly not true at the moment. So here we are with the latest example of that, I suppose. I mean, it's like, a, look, we tried for a year to make submarines work. We failed. So now we're all going to take a holiday and we're going to come back in a few months. And then we may or may not try to fix our mess. Probably not. <laughs> Maybe they're just so goddamn sick and tired of, of like, playing subs and, and fiddling around with things and then going back and forth and being like, no, they still don't like that. Okay, make some more changes. Like maybe they're just, you know, it's just submarine fatigue or something. I don't know. Probably. I There's mean, a slightly act- desperate tone to this article. I don't know if that's just me. No, no. We we are actually get uh, coming to that, right? Because they more or less uh, conf- sort of confirm what you just uh, said. Uh, but first, we have the the main purpose of adding submarines to the game is to diversify the game experience. Adding a ship up is a very big step, blah, blah, blah. So basically what, what they are saying is that for a, for a video game, like it's an online video game, they need to constantly change up the experience to keep people interested. And they are not wrong, but the thing is, uh, if you want to add diversity to the game, a good move would be like game modes, like different maps. And for example, also... um Operations would be a great way to diversify gameplay. Now, personally, I'm not the biggest fan of operations. People know me know that. But it doesn't mean that it's not there for other people, right? Because as we've, as Wargaming themselves have stated earlier, not everything is for everyone, basically. So if they wanted to diversify the gaming experience, focusing on something like operations and, you know, diversify the actual random battles would have been a great step to take instead of wasting four years on submarines, especially since they basically stopped uh, adding new game modes, they stopped development on maps, they basically stopped diversifying the game experience for three, four years to work on their submarines that were an utter failure. I mean, I will, I will say we've had we've had maybe a bit more motion this year. We've had things like the. Um, uh, it's, what's it called? Key areas? I, I can't remember, but the bit where the the, the mode in like TR8910 where you catch the, you get the booster things. Oh, arms race. It's called. Arms race. What was I, I can't, I don't know why I couldn't remember arms race, but there you go. One of us did. So yeah, that was a welcome development, but that was also a, a while actually coming to random battles. I mean, so. they, they just implemented something they had ready for years. Yes, Basically. I mean, it, 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 it wasn't new exactly. It was just new in, in terms of actually being added to something other than a like, special standalone game mode. Or ranked. Yes. So, uh, and is it the, the greatest sentence here? 
that's a long way to go for developing one ship type and we needed to move on. So they are, they are basically the, the argument for why they released submarines is we, we needed to move on. Not they are ready. Well, I mean, sentence before they said you brought them to release ready status, but the next sentence is we had to move on, which basically contradicts that they were ready. It's basically like, look, we are sick and tired of this. We just throw it out and move along. I mean, it, it kind of is, yeah. <laughs> Even whoever wrote this article couldn't, like, had to drop their, their propaganda speak for one sentence. It's like, look, guys, we, we just, we, we didn't want to go move on. It's your mess to deal with now. And of course, in all this time, we have been watching perception of the new class. <laughs> <laughs> to make sure we're moving in the right direction. Yeah, but, uh, you know. Well, now this is uh, where we come to the first obvious misinterpretation of statistics on Wargaming's part. Basically, what they come to next is they show data. Uh, well, they show very limited data, obviously, not actually much usable data. But what they're trying to say is that people who play more submarines are more interested in submarines. It's like, you know, you have a restaurant that serves fish and you figure out that the people who repeatedly order fish, they like fish. And the people who don't order fish, don't like fish. It's not necessarily rocket science, but yes, Wargaming has figured out that the people who play submarines a lot actually enjoy them and the people who refuse to play submarines don't like submarines. Now, Wargaming tries to frame that as everybody who touches submarines gains spiritual enlightenment and will be convinced that submarines are the best thing ever. But in reality, all they're showing us the data is that most people really don't care about submarines and a few people like playing them and they play them. Yeah, I think... I mean... Absolute kind of kindest interpretation is they've spent an awful lot of time and effort and presumably money making an extremely niche class that they're sort of gambling quite a lot on in terms of eventual acceptance and also it being a, an area of, of additional content for the game. But given the last several years, you know, they, they don't seem to really know... Uh, about the sunk cost fallacy, which has been brought up a lot in uh, uh, the last couple of years in, in discussions of subs, not not least because you know it makes for a good pun. But um, yeah, uh, it it's uh, it's it's a bit of an awkward look for them when when it it comes to this kind of like quite fed up tone of of article, and um, but. They're still, even now, they're still just trying to hammer that square peg into the round hole. And um, I don't know, like, pretend that this is a good thing for the game when a lot of people really don't see it that way. I mean, there was a lot of eye rolling about things like hybrids, um, you know, the new hybrid battleships. Mm -hmm for example, and um, I mean, that's kind of fair enough. <laughs> in a way, they're grumbling about, oh, more planes, okay, which is, is going to suck a little bit, but you know, in the scheme of things, that's, that's, that's nothing drastically new, but um, 
trying to trying to put something that that has been drastically new, not even drastically new at this point, because I think we're all reasonably familiar with how submarines work, uh, as versus how they were supposed to work in real life. But <laughs> um, yeah, it it's I don't know. It's just kind of a bit sad, really. It, it feels like they've they've been directed to back themselves into a corner by the higher ups. And now here we are several years later and, uh, you know, it, it's not that magically everybody now loves them. It's that, that they're being forced upon us whether we want it or not, essentially. You know, I, as my theory, obviously it's just a theory, is that people at Wargaming, at least some people are fully aware that submarines are a bad idea. And I honestly believe that submarines will lose their money. The thing is, when you look at how they they uh, brought the early access about submarines, it's the least monetized early access we've had in years. It's uh, usually they have the random bundles, uh, a varied amount of them. This time we have sixty-two, a thousand doubloons each. There have been, I think, over seventy in the past. Sometimes random bundles, and usually the random bundles contain the tier nine tech tree ship. But this time the random bundles contain two premium submarines. So. For the first time, they are not actually trying to, to sell you in random bundles a tech tree ship, but actually not one, but two premiums even. And they haven't even put the tier tens in that in the last patches, they've always sold for like 20,000 doubloons. We don't know how they're going to release the tier tens, but I have a feeling that somebody's just very afraid that if they put in, nobody would buy them. And then they would have actual data on how unsuccessful it would be and that would look bad. Because I think, like, I mean, some people's shops are probably riding on submarines. There's been so much time put into it and the top management would probably not be happy if they told them, you, you know, we kind of wasted that time. So they now need to cover up that, right? So they release submarines. They desperately try to sell at least some of them by offering premiums in the bundles. And then they probably released the tier tens when the battle pass comes out because I think the battle pass is once again just another cover up for the money they lose with submarines. They need to make that in another way. World of Warships has a game that has so many layers of monetization, monetization that is uh, at this time it would make uh, a lot of mobile games blush, right? And they just basically triple or triple monetize in many ways the same things almost. And each year they just add additional, they, they don't just update the monetization app, they don't just add new premiums, they just add entire different monetization without removing anything. And it's just in the past years, they basically make bad decisions, they lose players, they add another layer of monetization. Maybe I'm yeah, too cynic it's... there. It's, I mean, it's kind of, we're, we're coming at this it's it's got to be said from from the perspective of like you know we're, we're not we're, we're not running a multi-million pound you know game studio or anything so i'm i'm sure they have very different perspectives at the top but yeah from from our perspective uh, i i think i largely agree with you <laughs> it's like this this is it just seems like um after a, a bunch of poor decisions that they're, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if I want to necessarily go as far as saying it, it sort of feels like they're abandoning subs. They're sort of 
cutting them out there and sort of saying, there, that's as much as you're getting. But it it does, like with the tone of this article, it does almost start to feel like one of those um, early access or Kickstarter games that just kind of gets abandoned. And at some point, the dev just walks away from it and going, yeah, I don't want to be bothered doing this anymore. So that's it. That's <laughs> what you get. That's as much as there is. I've, you know, I've, I've decided to not really bother with that much anymore. I'm just going to take what money I can get out of that and just kind of, you know, go and do something else now. Um, just to mention, you, you said we are done running large game companies. While that is true, um, when you look at a lot of the large game companies, right, they constantly mess up, right? There are big companies that make releases like yes, Anthem wow. or that, you know, um, a Mass Effect Andromeda or like Blizzard has... On I mean, such yeah, a quick shot with World of Warcraft that they now its sell their uh, own yeah. awful thing at the moment. <laughs> That's but, true. But I mean, just look at World of Warcraft. They now sell an earlier version of the game because more p- people are more interested in playing a year's old version of than what they have right now, right? It's like game companies constantly mess up and make very bad decisions. Wargaming is no different. It's just since we have been invested in playing it a lot, we can see a lot of those dishes bad decisions may be clearer, right? And it's also important to note that most people working for a company aren't interested in the best for that company. They're interested in like their own job and their own promotion, right? They don't care if the company fails in the future as long as they get a good next paycheck. That's where a lot of the problems comes from, right? This A lot of, you know, bad decisions in companies are made because people cover up their own mistakes and only care about, you know, the best money they make in, like, the next quarter. And if it's just always your player base or the game two years down the line, who cares, right? Yeah, uh, I, I would, I guess, agree with that. I mean, it's maybe telling that Wargaming is really no different from the likes of Actabilis, uh in a lot of ways, um, just from the fact that, you know, the, 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 the amount of churn we've seen in the last couple of years and the, the community side of things um, for all people who actually did care, who were part of the, the, the Wargaming community team, who, who did care about the player experience and, you know, who felt it was their job to uh, sort of uh, be on the player's side to some extent and, and try and um, um, get players' concerns across and, you know bunch of those people we know that that did have that kind of view whilst working there don't work there anymore <laughs> and just i mean I'm, I'm sure a bunch of them will have for various reasons but um you know they, they didn't find a reason to stick around at wargaming because uh clear, clearly it was i mean i know from I, I, won't, I won't name names but from speaking to one or two people you know that the, the, the level of frustration uh trying to get things across to the the Russian speaking management was uh uh you know just it just kind of hit a threshold where they were like okay I'm going to find something else to do now that's less aggravating to my mental health kind of thing so yeah the, yeah it, 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 yeah the, I mean it, even with big companies like Activision Blizzard or whatever you know you'll get people within the company that that that, that do care but of course they they're not the ones that are actually in charge, in management. they're not the ones pulling the strings. Like I'm sure Bob Kotick doesn't actually give a shit about the average gamer. He just cares what his stock options are going to be this year. And this is this is why we 
end up with uh, uh, Diablo on the phone, which was just an awful exploitative mess that would. Um, I mean, we're talking. You, you said earlier about you know the monetization that will make mobile companies blush, but uh, I think even Diablo Immortal made other mobile companies blush, kind of thing. <laughs> Uh, and aren't they doing what was the upcoming one they've announced that it looks like they're going to do the same thing uh oh no i know it's not the upcoming one it's the one that's just come out overwatch 2 ah and they've, there's been a whole bunch of fuckery around overwatch 2 that's left a lot of people just like okay well yeah. you know screw me for liking the original then i guess now we're gonna have this free to play horrible mess that uh, it's essentially Overwatch One, but now it's free to play, and we've got all this horrible microtransaction crap in it. And and you need a phone. Yes, yeah, that particular thing was uh, like you have to have a contract phone. <laughs> okay, doesn't doesn't matter if you're a you know customer that that had the original game for many many years and you know verified account on Battle.net and all the rest of it. It's just like nope, flip you the bird. Go screw yourself. So, yeah, and all that for a game that's basically Overwatch 1, <laughs> from what I can tell from having watched some videos. Yeah. So, you know, maybe, maybe that's on the cards for the future of World of Warships. They're going to put out World of Warships 2, and it's just World of Warships <laughs> 1, but with much worse monetization. We shall see. So the next question we had here is why don't you add submarines to a separate battle type? And they go back to the diversity. I think we've touched on this before. Basically, their whole argument for adding subs is they want to make random battles different. And as we've said before, it could have achieved... Diversity can be achieved in many ways, and there are a lot better ones than submarines. And they are yeah, like, oh. I, I, it's almost like you can almost. I, I can't come off come up with anything off the top of my head, but you can almost play a what if game of what if all this energy and time hadn't been put into developing subs, what might we have had instead that could have been much more interesting? You know, what ideas were there that were written down on a whiteboard somewhere that you know we'll never know about, but could have been really, really interesting and fun for the game if Wargaming had chosen to, to concentrate on those instead in, uh, instead of going, well, actually, let's just do a thing that lets us put more premium ships in the game. Yeah. I still, I mean, I still, at the heart of it, don't get the rationale of, of putting subs in warships outside of the idea of just adding more content. So I, don't, I don't know if there's really any other justification one can make for it. But it certainly doesn't fit within the, the, the scope or the theme of the game particularly. Yeah. Well, the next point that they want to bring up is shotgunning. This point, shotgun is not widespread. Well, I mean, basically what Wargaming is trying to argue in this, this uh, small paragraph is that it's only something that good players pull off and not many people are good players, so it's not a problem. And they also try to make the argument that submarines don't perform 
like good submarine players don't perform better than let's say good destroyer players. I'm but that's having, I'm having horrible flashbacks to the old days of World of Tanks and the whole um there was a time when artillery was totally uncapped in the matchmaker. And Wargaming for years and years insisted this wasn't a problem. It's not a problem. It's definitely not a problem. It's not ruining the gameplay experience. And it got to a point where you were having, out of 15 players per team, you'd have maybe 10 of them in artillery. It took it getting that bad before before Wargaming was like, well, maybe we'll look into it. And okay, yes, this is a different branch of Wargaming. But uh, it's just I'm just having this horrible flashback to that that era of 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 things with this kind of language that they're using so like oh or you know can you imagine if they'd, they'd said this back in the day about um uh, RT, uh rts carriers being able to routinely you know good players being able to set up the kind of cross drops that could like eliminate a full health battleship kind of thing like can you imagine if wargaming's response had just been well it's fine it's it's fine. There's only good players can do this, so <laughs> therefore it's fine. Yeah. I mean, the also like they they kind of miss the point when they go on that. Um, basically, they say that submarines aren't performing better than, for example, like good destroyers. But that, that's never been a problem. Ne- nobody, I think, has ever said that submarines have an. Oh, uh, a higher influence on the battle outcome. They're not like carriers in that regard, right? But the problem is simply the lack of counterplay. The problem is not that, you know, a good submarine player won't reach 90% win rate. Nobody ever claimed that. The problem is that if it's a good submarine, like against other classes, there is counterplay. Against submarines, right, it's just fairly lacking because you can't really detect them. You can't stop that shotgunning yeah and the 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 counterplay has always been an inherent problem right from the start and it's it's kind of i mean this this very strongly just smacks of of struggling to find the right word here uh yeah, that's the, the the meme word that they use. Copium, I think, is kind of vaguely <laughs> what I'm looking for. Um, that, 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 yeah, that, that that they're just kind of they're, they're just trying to come up. Yeah, they are. Just, they're just kind of come, trying to come up with excuses at this point. I, I don't. I don't think there is any really other way to put it. It just it it does start to feel a little desperate. We also like the, the next sentence about, you know, if if shotgunning becomes a widespread problem, they'll cha- maybe change it in the future, but only after several updates. Meaning if it will become a problem in a few weeks, they'd still not change it and keep that problem in. Because it's really like uh, we are out of office message. It's like, you know, anything that happens, we don't care. We'll be back in three months. Uh, you know, you, you, you if the house is on fire, just... Who cares? It is. It is kind of worrying, <laughs> really. I mean, yeah. 
And we, uh, if, they, if we would have some indication at some point that they they would seriously think about backtracking, and believe me, with the political news in the UK at the moment, we're all about backtracking <laughs> and U-turns right now, then may, maybe I would feel a little more uh, charitably towards wargaming. But they, I mean, we had some noises earlier, uh, early on about, well, you know, this is... If if this is if this doesn't work, then we ultimately will will not add it to the game. And here we are, three years later, and that that, as it turned out, was a bit of a lie. So I I, I have a lot less sympathy for them than I um, might otherwise have. Than I mean, as an example, like the radio location, for instance. I mean, there was a big furore over that in the community, and then the way it was implemented actually turned out was not that big of a deal. So, I mean, no, nobody says the community is never wrong. No, exactly. But it, it's it, after this kind of level of sustained fiend, feedback, you'd, you'd think wargaming it'd be it'd be like that uh, that that principal Skinner meme, where it's like, oh no, is it, is it me that's wrong? No, no, it must be the children that are wrong, <laughs> or, or whatever <laughs> it is. So, yeah, it it, uh, it really does feel like that at this point. Which uh, brings us to uh, uh, did I call this amusing? Said both kind of next article, which is anti-submarine warfare on Dutch cruisers Leon and Ochotnik. Ochotnik is is a ship that I enjoy a lot. It's my guilty pleasure. And basically, what they are saying is they will give depth charges to the Dutch. Which makes sense. Uh, this will take some time as they need to update the models of the ships, okay? Um, which is interesting because apparently they are more than willing to update models and the depth charges, but not so, for example, for Hotnik, because Hotnik was designed as a 1917 project. And according to that project, it wasn't supposed to have anti-submarine warfare. So the only reason they are not wanting to add anti-submarine warfare to it is because they had a painting somewhere of a ship and it didn't have them painted on. And this is so I... important with submarines who are so incredibly historically accurately implemented in this <laughs> game, where everything yeah. about submarines is historic. I, I, I do so enjoy them reaching for a historical argument as to as to why they're not going to implement something as regards the uh, complete hot mess that that is submarines. I've said it before, you know, in a, in a, a game that is yes, very arcadey. These are by far the least realistic and least matched up with their real life counterparts in terms of how you're expected to use them in the game and how they perform and. Even just things like the homing torpedoes and the absurd speed boost that they have. There's a reason why fleet submarines didn't really catch on as a thing. I mean, there's also a reason why, I suppose by that same token, that hybrids carriers didn't catch on, but... uh... They at least fit a lot better within the context of the game than submarines do. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's... Uh... It's. Uh, I said once, like they're basically a parody of real life submarines, not 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 just arcadey, but just straight up, like a. Uh, uh, one of those one of those silly cartoon sketches of a person that's got a name and I can't remember. I'm doing well with my words today. <laughs> a caricature. There we go. Caricature. They're a caricature of submarines. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's like the, the saddest part about this whole thing is it wouldn't be a big deal, right? Just adding depth charges to a ship. I mean, sure, it makes them go with the model. It will take them a few hours probably to update that or whatever. But honestly, in the greater scheme of things, it would be the right thing to do, gameplay-wise, and it's, it doesn't cost them really all that much. It's just for some reason. And, and like, obviously, this is not a real reason. They, they are, like, any historical argument with, with submarines, they, they, it's not a serious reason. It's basically their uh, excuse. Why not just do it? Why go to this length to justify something with a, with a stupid argument? Instead I mean, of just making the right choice. They don't have rails modelled on and they don't want to put rails on them. And it's not even like there aren't other premium ships in the game with inaccuracies in yeah. terms of their actual historical setup. But in which case, just give them a short-ranged airdrop. Because yeah, the airdrops I mean... don't make any sense anyway. So just give them the airdrop. And be done with it yeah. instead of just like well these two particular ships you meet a submarine uh you're screwed good luck oh uh, yeah i mean they could they could have just a two kilometer airdrop or something which brings us to to the next part how do you fight a submarine if you cannot deal damage to it Damage is just one way to interact with the enemy, really. It's also the only way that actually gives you experience. Oh, yeah, this is, this is the funniest part of this article, I think, maybe. <laughs> Potentially. Some ships are not always able to interact in this way with every possible target. Mm -hmm. There are several options interacting with a submarine. The first is inflicting damage. The vast majority of ships are equipped with depth charges or depth airstrikes. Submarines on the surface. And Periscope depth can be damaged by shells, ships and aircraft, torpedoes, bombs, and rockets. Mm -hmm. There's no way to directly do damage. It's worth relying on allied support and using other countermeasures. Well, there are no other countermeasures, but allied support. So basically, your argument is, well, maybe just somebody else can do just, damage. Yeah, just relying on teammates. It'll be fine. That always works out. Many ships are equipped with hydroacoustic search, which can detect submarines at any depth. Eh, eh. Only at two kilometers, right? You, you only get two kilometer detection. They, they kind of forgot to mention that here, but. Yeah, leaving out an important bit of context there, maybe. Yeah, they, they can be detected by radar only if surfaced exactly, so they just go to, to a periscope depth and they no longer get radar. Uh, even though, and here's oh. the historical argument, even though radar was a major tool. Later in the war, in the, the, the detection and uh, countering of submarines. 
You're not the only one that gets to make historical arguments for gaming. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, there are signs uh, to determine the sub's approximate location, like fuel spills and ping launches. Well, fuel spills, you gotta hit it first. Pings, yes. And, you know, change position, avoid its attack. So basically, they're saying just dodge. If you can't damage a submarine, that's fine. Just dodge, you know. Just dodge. Sooner or later, it will be forced to surface, becoming vulnerable. Well, maybe you're dead by then. Which means, you know, you can't shoot it anymore. It's, uh... It's not like you can even sink on top of a submarine and do damage to them that way. Sort of maliciously get yourself destroyed above a submarine and crush them with your hull as it slowly <laughs> goes towards the bottom. I mean, it would be fun. <laughs> it's like, it's, it's such a weird article because they acknowledge that maybe you can't do damage to it and they're like, you know what? You're basically just, just get farmed, you know? You, you, maybe it's your job to just get farmed by it and not fight me. I mean, specifically. A lot of destroyers don't have good AA. They just specifically added the machine gun firing animation so that that destroyers could at least do something in terms of countering being hit by rockets. So we've been here before Wargaming, and you did do something (laughs) about it. It's just this time you're choosing not to do anything about it and telling us that it's fine in the process. Look, if if it's really that big of a deal, I'm sure in three, four, five months, Wargaming may or may not take a look at it again. Yeah. As, as I we'll, said. We'll see, see how many players decide to take a break in the meantime. Because God knows I've had some matches where it's been severely tempting. Uh, yeah, I, I know those matches. Well... Next up, a question we have been asking for over a year. Why did you decide to keep notification of a sonar ping sector where you used a damage counterparty? This consumer is already used for many tasks. And basically, they try to make the argument that things are like fires. The problem obviously being that even the best ship doesn't have a 100% fire chance. So there's always a chance when you damage con that you aren't going to be set on fire again, especially if you damage con multiple fires and usually you let one burn. There's also the fact that a load of submarine torpedoes will do more damage than a fire, and the fire is easier healable, so it's just really not the same thing. Especially since a submarine, you know, can keep spamming those those pings. And as soon as uh yeah, damage con is over, it guarantees it guarantees it another ping, right? Unless you're behind an island or something. Yeah, it's not like submarines have a limited supply of pings or anything. Then they also make the argument that, you know, you could just, uh, the submarine repinging you, right? You just wait with the damage con until the torps are closed. The problem is by the time the torps are closed, but it depends on what ship you're in. And it depends on how sneaky those torps are. But it might be too late if, because they're already homing, because your earlier maneuvers, if you know that there's a sub, might not have done anything. So by this point, it might be too late to damage con. 
There's also the problem that this assumes that the submarine launched all of its torpedoes at the same time. And then there's the problem that the submarine can, you know, well, it, it might have a better torpedo reload than you have a damage con reload, right? So basically the thing is, even if you avoid a strike like that, you just follow it up again and you can do nothing. All of which makes for a very frustrating player experience, which is one of the areas of, of game design that Wargaming seems to have consistently in the past uh, neglected to perhaps pay as much attention to as other things, such as, say, spreadsheets, which are obviously far <laughs> more important than how the players feel playing their game. True, true. Well, next they mention anti-submarine warfare for hybrids, and that's it's something that they're going to test. Uh, if the concept appears not to be excessively strong, how would it be excessively strong? Like, in what world do we live in that hybrids are so overpowered, you believe, that them being able to defend themselves against submarines is a no-go? It's, it's, I, 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 I mean, really? <laughs> Yeah. Oh my god. It's uh Okay. Think about letting you defend yourself, maybe. Could be excessively strong if you have the same options to defend yourself like, you know, other battleships. I mean if it was excessively strong, why wouldn't it be excessively strong on like a Yamato or a Kurfürst or whatever? But hey. Um Logic isn't Wargaming strong suit. Certainly doesn't feel that way sometimes. Uh, the next thing is at which distance do torpedoes stop homing? And basically, they say it's, well, it's different for ship type. And um, on average, uh, it's 1.52 kilometers when homing at battleships. Interesting enough, they don't mention the numbers for the other classes, and I don't know what the other classes' numbers are these days. That those numbers have been changed multiple times during the last year. I have no idea what the current numbers are, but they home very close to, uh, to destroys. And they are like, we have no plans to change them, even if the fact that homing cutoff or distance for destroys is short. They're fast reloading of the damage gun party and the high vulnerability allow them to evade acoustic torpedoes. Well, see, here's the thing. The damage guns, uh, the damage control party reload isn't that short, and especially it only lasts a few seconds. Meaning, they ping you, you damage gun, they immediately re-ping you. You know, this is like... Uh, and they don't need that many torpedoes to sink a destroyer, meaning they don't even have to launch all of them. They launch like two, they ping you. You might damage connect, they just immediately ping you again. Even if you uh, dodge those two, the next two, you can't do anything. Not to mention that they can just shotgun you without, you know, the, the ping anyway. Yeah, I mean, maybe a little harder for a, to do that in a destroyer, but at the same time... You know, if they do land the hits, like you say, you've got a lot less health. You don't have the torpedo damage mitigation. And, uh, you know, if you've got other things going on, like being radared or there's planes overhead or whatever, you know, it's, it's potentially very easy to get just completely overloaded in a situation like that. 
and you've got a submarine pinging you on top of everything else that's happening and torpedoes coming towards you. And... Yeah. Well, the next thing is, why was guaranteed acquisition for subs removed? And they're like, an accident account of an enemy submarine jet such counts range prevented the submarines performing its main gameplay feature, attack from unusual positions. Basically, what, what they're saying is they really don't want submarines to, to counter each other. They really don't want submarines to be spotted or counted in any way. That's also why they split up the, the consumable to spot subs and if it's such a ridiculous long route Basically, what, what Wargaming is saying is they don't want submarines to be spotted and submarines could help their team by spotting enemy submarines and they really didn't want them. I think that, I, that, is, that is quite unique. I can't think of any other class where they've purposefully... Uh, like Even aircraft carriers, you know, it's hard to strike a carrier as another carrier. It's not impossible, but it, it's certainly hard. But there's nothing to stop you spotting a carrier for your, for your teammates. And yet, for some reason, with submarines, they, they absolutely do not want you to do that. Which, I, it, it's just, it removes that whole element of, of, of um, uh, team play, and it, it makes subs sort of on purpose the most selfish class in the game that really are, they only sort of exist to serve themselves, really. And if they happen to be helping the team at the same time, well, that's just a nice bonus. If you're going out of your way to try and help your team, then uh, uh, nope. <laughs> nope, you don't get to do that. I, I mean, then the icing on the cake is they are satisfied with the way submarines interact with each other, which is basically they don't interact with each other. Pretty and much. The only problem left to solve this blind collision is basically right now two submarines could collide without ever seeing each other, right? Because they can't spot each other. So, so <laughs> it's technically possible right now for two submarines to kill each other with framing without ever seeing each other. And that that's the only problem. That's... To see. I'll give them that. I mean, it's very unlikely to happen, but it could happen. And that's, so according to Wargaming, it's the only problem by working on a solution, right? So, I mean, uh, to be fair, that, that kind of was potentially a real-life problem as well. You know? So we can at least say that's historically accurate, subs accidentally running into each other. I suppose so. So, um, yeah, the next is, why does it take some depth charges to destroy submarines? Now, depth charges don't always inflict the same damage to a submarine. Now, there is a vast difference in that they, they normalize depth charges for airdrops, I think, but not really for ships. So there is a vast difference in how much damage different ship types do for depth charge. And there is also the problem that obviously it can do just light splash damage and so on. And they said that, I, I think we discussed in the past, right? They added a ripen for splash damage. That's basically the same ripen before a hit with a slightly I think, mm -hmm. bigger band in the center so that you can't really differentiate between those two. But, uh, yeah. I mean, why, why trust the player with information? I mean, it's the... taken them this, this long to at least get that far. 
I mean, given given how they how you know what what they apparently think of CV players, I should we really be surprised? <laughs> uh. Oh well. So then there is a uh, how does damage from ship drop depth charges and anti submarine warfare airstrikes change with distance and at what depth charges explode. I remember this is also something that I've changed in the past. So the farther from the detonation points, the less damage the sub receives. If I remember correctly, I'm not sure how it is right now. If this is how it works right now, there was a very small radius for the full damage and then it immediately dropped down to like 33% or something. Uh, if it explodes near the submarine, does full damage. That near is very near, by the way. Uh, it's further away. It receives incomplete damage for ship mounted depth charge. It's always forty three percent. Ah, yes, there's the thirty three. So, so basically, unless you hit it in the head, it, it damage is already only a third. And in in the care of, uh, in the case of an airstrike, it's fifty or zero. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Of course, they, they didn't even include like the numbers because they are so in favor of submarines and this article tries to justify a lot of their bad decisions. So they, they, they weren't even brave enough to put the, all the numbers in. I mean, they have, uh, have, they have quite carefully, uh, Try to to craft this narrative, but even so, it it doesn't really hold up. <laughs> and next up, uh, do you plan to increase the efficiency of destroyers against submarines? Uh, and what? And they come back to their statistics that the relative damage score to subs is about the same for destroyers, cruisers, and battleships. I mean, the thing is, obviously, that if if a submarine's cruise, like if it's a bad submarine, is often the case, then a destroyer can hunt down a full health submarine, potentially sailing over it and killing it. While as, like, let's put it like this: if it's, if a destroyer successfully uses anti-submarine against, uh, a, a destroyer successfully uses anti-submarine warfare against a submarine. The submarine probably dies because it's a very bad submarine that allowed the destroyer to sail on top of it. Mm-hmm. While as the the airstrikes, you often get just one, or you get, you just get a few hit, like you make chip damage. But you make chip damage against a lot of submarines because you know you can actually hit them when they get spotted. While as the submarine is smaller, uh, the destroyer is more like uh, against a very bad submarine, you might get a lot of damage, and most of the time you get nothing. So if they were actually playing the game instead of looking at the spreadsheet, they'd know what the problems are and what the concerns are, but obviously they didn't. I mean, again, completely unreal, uh, unlike real life. Um, just the, it's the nature of how they've implemented the whole thing, that, that, that destroyers are not and probably never will be the primary counter to submarines. It's always going to be airstrike depth charges. Because they just have so much more flexibility to them, and for the most part, 
destroyers already have a lot to do in game and trying to yeah. chase down a submarine. It's usually a good way to get yourself killed. I've seen some people who obviously got sort of bloody-minded enough to just do it anyway. They were like, well, there's a submarine there. I know there's a submarine there. I'm going to go kill it. Don't care if it gets me killed. I just dislike submarines enough that I'm going to go and kill it, even though it's going to get my ship sunk as well. Um, but for the most part, if you're playing sensibly in a destroyer, then un- unless you just happen across, uh, a, you know, you happen to be in the right place at the right time against a submarine that's overextended, uh, if it comes to actually trying to actively hunt down a sub, then it's usually absolutely not worth it. There's usually far better things to be doing. I mean, the problem is a submarine can just, you know, dive down and then make a turn and you can't track it on underwater. Mm. So but if uh, the submarine outspots you, so it knows you're coming. And at this point, it just goes down and it has better turning circuit or self turns you. So if it just dives, and unless you're one of the few destroyers who has hydro, and you somehow manage to get close enough to keep it hydroed, it just goes down and disappears, and you'll never have a good chance to even hit it or find it with your depth charges. So you need the submarine, for example, to go straight at you and then just dive down and keep going straight at you for no reason and sail yes. beneath you. And that probably are some subs that will do that, even even as there are still in this day and age battleship players that that decide that using their wasid keys is too much effort and just go along in a nice straight broadside. And it's always nice when you also happen to be in something with big guns and see someone else doing that. Not so nice when it's someone in your own team <laughs> doing that in like a Yamato, and then they get absolutely destroyed. And you have to think, oh well, there goes one of my tier tens. But yeah, much harder to deliberately take advantage of in a submarine. Well, when someone's doing that in a submarine, rather. Because you can't, well, you can't see somebody doing it, really, can you? Unless you happen to be lucky with your hydro at the right time in the right place. Well, and since we've already talked about the skill level right now, how do you plan to solve the skill gap problem between different submarine players? This is another, let's just say, uh, sad or hilarious part of this, this dev block. So basically... I mean, the honest answer would have been, we don't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, anyway. Their answer is basically, what? The, the, this, this never happens. So... Wargaming offers us a nice statistic and try to compare them with destroyers. So what Wargaming is basically saying is if you have a bridge that is 100 meters long and you have a bridge that is 50 meters long and you compare the last 20 meters of both bridges, they're both 20 meters long, so the bridges are equally long. That's Wargaming's argument. They basically they show us a statistic where they show the upper half of the player base but not the lower half and they claim, you know, if they show half of something and it's equally long... Then, you know, the, like, I mean, not half, yeah, they, they say it, it doesn't extend long end in the other way. So basically what they're saying is, right, if, if the good people are equally good, then the bad must be equally bad without them showing that the bad are equally bad. So yeah, that basically they, they just show one half of the graphics and claim that this is, this is the answer. But it's fine. I completely trust them. They 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 would have absolutely no motivation or reason to uh, massage or manipulate things to uh, 
to show things in their favor. I mean, come on, come on now, come on now, Atam. How can you be so cynical? Yeah, I, I know how can I be so cynical. So basically, what the graphics they they have show is that submarines don't carry harder than destroyers. Right, good submarine players win about as much as good destroyer players. But you know, as as mentioned, they don't show the lower half. They don't show if bad submarine players lose a lot more than bad destroyer players because that part of the statistic is apparently irrelevant to the discussion of. So yeah, it's it's basically with my bridge example, right? If they say if the last twenty meters of both bridges are twenty meters, then both bridges need to be equally long. Doesn't matter if one bridge is in reality hundred meters and the other is fifty meters, because that's that's how statistics work, right? Definitely. Well, they do when you're trying to uh, dupe somebody into thinking that you're using them to make a reasonable point. I mean, it's it's a common use of statistics. You just basically take a part out of a statistic and, you know, hope that people don't look at the axis and then try to make your point, even though it's not proving your point. So annoying when people will insist on, on looking at the full context and not just the cherry-picked stats yeah, that you... Uh that you, you know, show them. So, uh, I mean, we, we continue to have a hilariousness with why don't coming to videos have dispersion? In fact, they do have dispersion. Yes, they added, I think, one or two degrees of dispersion to them because they tried giving them dispersion and they realized it nerfed submarines, so they backtracked within a week, I think. Yeah, yeah, it didn't last very long at all. It may seem absent, yet it's because it's so small that you need a magnifying glass to detect it. Yes, it's not because submarine orbs are launched one at a time, because you see them often launched so close to each other that, you know, you can see that there wasn't much dispersion. So, yeah, it's it's basically, I think they only added the one or two or three degrees dispersion to claim that there is one, because in reality there there isn't a meaningful one. I mean, this this is this is this is one of those, as I said earlier, you know, the kind of almost straw man arguing that that they're, they're coming up with these these questions that, like, in, in some cases, don't particularly make sense. But um, yeah, this, this sort of feels like they've 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 come up with this hypothetical question so they can give this non-answer. Like this, this could not have been here, and it wouldn't have really made a difference overall. But it being this section being in here, just sort of actively adds to the uh, slightly desperate feel of the whole. Yeah. Well, uh, next up, are there plans to reduce the speed of subs? Uh, and the answer is no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they argued that lower speed would make the class boring to play, which in a way is true, right? Because you need to get well, around yeah, them. Yeah, they were, they were sort of much more historical speeds for a while, but, um, uh, you know, that, that came with its own issues. And then they decided to solve that not by doing anything in terms of 
of uh, gameplay, which to be fair, they really couldn't because as it's been repeatedly said, square peg into round hole. So instead they just made them really ahistorically fast. So now they're, I mean, they're mostly, like they're, they're really not far behind for mo- in most cases, the speed of like cruisers and battleships for the most part. Yeah. Actually, that's that's one of the frustrations now of playing some of the the, the, the much slower battleships at the mid tiers, and of course the uh, the, the US the US uh, the chunky line. Yeah, and of course they can just, uh, uh, especially sort of tier eight up, they can just quite comfortably sit outside of your your ability to hit them with airstrikes as well. So that's always fun. <laughs> just dodge, Jella, just dodge, you know. Yeah. As we read earlier in Yanti. Uh are there plans to make balance changes to ships based on the strength of anti submarine warfare? Yes. Uh, uh, so basically what Wargaming says is they consider good anti submarine warfare an excuse to make a ship otherwise weaker, right? So they are like, hey, if this ship uh, the ship deserves less gunpower or less torpedo power or, you know, less armor or whatever because it has decent anti-submarine warfare. So, uh... Yep. I mean, it's the, the same reasoning that, that gave the Dutch cruisers such lackluster guns because, hey, they've got this incredibly situational airstrike that they can use, which totally 100% makes up for it. I don't know about you, but I don't tend to see a lot of Dutch cruisers in battle. Not really. But hey, at, at least they are considering giving them anti-submarine warfare, right? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's one less reason to not play them. If that makes any sense. A well, double negative is about the best I can come up with. <laughs> Maybe Dutch cruisers will get some love in some future. Probably not. Especially since Wargaming considers giving them anti-submarine warfare to buffing them, basically. I mean, they'll have to nerf the main battery guns even harder than if they give them ASW planes. That's only reasonable and fair. We shouldn't make jokes like that. We should know better, but we do. We make (laughs) jokes like that anyway. We tempt fate. We do. Well, next up is why do surface subs take damage from depth charges while other ships do not? And they basically say it's a gameplay design. So they just want anti-submarine warfare to always work against submarines. I'm not sure if there would be a coding problem with with them uh, only hitting underwater. Yeah, didn't they say? Yeah, it says at one stage during testing they did actually try that out. So that must have been like that. That was at no point on the live server, though. That must have been sort of super test at, at, at most on the super test server. I mean, they, I mean, it doesn't stop people trying to use their ASW planes on you, but yeah. yeah. They actually say how it doesn't mean that we've completely abandoned. We'll probably return in the future with zero tweaks. So basically, they're considering in the future to make 
depth charges hit surface ships, which would what be interesting. Want to that's going to be the gimmick of some future lines. Oh, yeah, your ASW planes can do damage against surface <laughs> ships and submarines. I mean, considering how well-received the Dutch airstrike was, they're basically saying, hey, what if we gave practically most ships an, an airstrike like this? <laughs> I mean, would you do damage to yourself then with depth charges that you drop from the rear if you aren't moving? I don't if... know. I mean, in real life, I have absolutely no idea. They'd have to be exploding literally just onto your boat, and in which case, yes, they probably would. Um, but, I mean, uh... if, if they say anti-submarine warfare could damage surface ships, it would stand to reason that if, for example, as a destroyer, you drop them and you said still on top of the submarine, you would blow yourself up. It'd be kind of uh, funny if you could do that. <laughs> I mean, they they say it's it's not completely banned. We'll probably return in the future, so I guess uh, we have a bright future ahead of us. Okay, someone in chat says that the destroyer actually blew itself up that way. That shouldn't surprise me. So, uh, I, I mean, the, the, the thing is, right, if they actually added that, it would completely throw the balancing they have right now out of the wind, not the ships that will balance currently, but imagine that every, sh like, Planes would be even stronger than the backdrop depth charges. Then backdrop depth charges would be a health hazard for you. And the planes would mean you get an airstrike, right? So some cruisers, for example, have the planes and others do not. So it would off certain cruisers quite a bit, I guess. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we're off into the realms of, of like what if at this point, but. I could see it doing something like, I mean, it's totally hypothetical. I don't necessarily think this is a good idea, but I could see it doing something like, you know, it doesn't cause much damage, but has a high chance to cause a flooding, for example. While it's a hypothetical idea, they state will probably return, I might. Yes, well, we'll see how we feel about that then, won't we? Yeah. Well, and then the last question they answer is, why don't you add AA to submarines? And they basically say they don't need AA, which is something I kind of agree with because it can just dive. Yeah, I mean, the, the actual gameplay reason they give is kind of valid, but again, it's another sort of, this, this feels like a bit of a, a padding question because, you know, there are certainly destroyers in the game um, that, that have, you know, like single-digit DPS that might as well not have any AA, but they still have the AA modeled, so, you know, it's not, like, on that basis, it's not really a reason to not do it. It just feels like they took that as a decision for the class, and you can kind of see why, but by that same argument, you could sort of just strip the AA away from from some other surface ships as well. So, not not the most logically consistent, but it sort of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't think that there was a great outcry for submarines to have anti-air. And it's, uh, yeah, as you said, it feels like a filler question because I don't think anybody who has properly with submarines was really concerned about submarines not having air. 
which uh, sort of brings us to the end of this absolute mess of an article. Yeah. I mean, in some ways, that have been better not putting out at all. I, I know we've been vaguely uh, more um, positive about wargaming, being a bit more communicative about some things, but um, <laughs> yeah, the whole tone of this has not been generally well received, I don't think. Just going by that. I mean, ad- admittedly, you know, we just have to say stuff like Reddit in the forums, you know, that's always a small part of the overall community that, that plays the game. But um, yeah, e- even so, you know, that, that community that does care enough to actually go and give feedback. Uh, I, don't, I don't think I've seen anyone like, I've not seen any reaction to this as of people like reading it and go, oh, well, that just answers all my questions and I feel completely fine about <laughs> submarines now. Uh, yeah. This was, this was almost not worth them actually I mean, doing as, as an exercise. <laughs> As you yeah, said, I say like, did this article just reeks of desperation? Wargaming knows everybody hates submarines. Submarines have been a massive failure, and they they just try to justify themselves out of it somehow. Yeah, I used I used the word copium earlier, and I, I guess that's <laughs> that's what I'm going to come back to. Then the the only other new article in the dev blog is a small one about cross-server clan activities. Basically, since the the Russian region has been split off, it no longer be included in any cross stuff like the clan battles. But then there was something from not the portal, uh, like something on Reddit. I think it mention. was an analysis of um, I think it was stuff they'd said on one of the streams. This was kind of a reaction to that, um, like that. That's where they got the numbers from. Uh, I don't know. No, they would have got the numbers from the test server, wouldn't they? Um, but um, it was partly in reaction to some of the stuff they were talking about on streams, but also stuff they've said previously in uh, was it an article, or was it was was it directly? Uh, there was a death so block where they stated that just the current rewards yeah, would move over to the battle then, pass. Yeah, it was also mentioned they, they on stream, I think. That on the stream. Okay, so, that, that's more or less the order it happened. So, yeah, it's essentially, uh, Wargaming had uh, claimed that the free side of the battle pass was basically going to give uh, essentially the exact same rewards as were currently given out by the current missions. That has not proved to be true. That that was one massive lie. Everybody is shocked, but yes, it has been a massive lie. Not a single reward is the same. Now, it's not wholly negative, it must be said. Yes. There are one or two nice additions, but overall... Uh, it it leaves 
some players worse off as regard to credits, and it is yet another big nerf to um, people being able to get any kind of regular income of combat signals. They seem determined. And I I strongly suspect this really does all come back to the economic side and all comes back to credits. They've completely stripped out any combat signals from the free side of it. And so basically at this point, all you're left with is um, daily containers and go and buy them from the armory for a very steep price because they are quite expensive to buy signals. So, um, yeah, the fact that they've they've halved the amount of credits and completely removed combat signals, it, it's like that. that's the real heart of this for me. They've also made some changes with the boosters as well, although I think those are maybe a little less impactful. But they're still kind of impactful. I mean, there's there's more taken out overall than there is added. Okay, excellent. Says there is an error in the spreadsheet because we now get one super I'm Like, does this spreadsheet contain only the mission rewards or also the daily login rewards? I'm also not sure are they moving the daily login rewards into the battle pass or. Do we still have daily login rewards? Is it's just the monthly mission, but I don't know for sure. And I don't think there was a monthly mission for Super Nintendo, right? It's just the login rewards. But I could be mistaken. So this this spreadsheet was created by somebody on Reddit. It was posted by uh, Reddit uh, Penguin. Yes, let, let's actually wanna, credit wanna him. give credit. <laughs> yeah. So obviously, I haven't create. We haven't created this ourselves. We assume it's gonna be mostly accurate. Keep in mind that Wargaming may also change their mind about all of this. But the the most important fact is that Wargaming stated on multiple accounts that we're gonna get the same rewards uh, with the battle pass than we used to get now. They just moved to the battle pass, and not a single reward seems to be the same sort of. Which is, you know, really. Uh, <laughs> Like, like, why lie about this? It's, it's not a small change somewhere. It's a change everywhere, right? Some rewards have been completely, uh, removed. There are some new ones. Example, like, bl- blue boosters have been reduced by 82%. Instead, they added some green boosters, which obviously is not as good as blue ones. We can basically see that, you know, credits, free experience, elite captain experience, the combat signals, the boosters, they, they've generally, all of the stuff has been reduced and instead they, slightly increased steel, coal, and uh, research points. So as Chad, I said earlier, basically, they, it's, it's the economics of playing single battles that they're trying to majorly work with this, it looks like. Yeah, it's something, I mean, I think they've just, I think, I think this has been something they've had in mind for a while and we've seen it done in stages and they've decided deliberately to do it that way rather than um like have one big massive economic change and we've had to have some that have been uh fairly uh impactful but even so instead of 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 doing everything at once they've tried to spread it out a bit and maybe hope that people wouldn't notice quite as much um, how big the change is kind of ultimately going to be in terms of of them 
sort of making the economy worse. And this this is this is one of my my bugbears with 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 War Thunder in particular. And it, it's I think something a lot of people really don't like about War Thunder is that the the economy of that game has just been repeatedly nerfed and nerfed and nerfed and nerfed and nerfed and. Uh, some of the game, I mean, naval especially, is is renowned for being exceptionally grindy, and um, I, don't, I don't know if they've ever had any updates where they've they've basically made any any major reversals. So it kind of looks like we're almost on that trend with with World of Warships as well, where they're just continually hitting the economy in. I, I guess the hopes that people will, you know, they'll buy premium time, they'll they'll buy no. more uh, econ boosters for their ships, uh, they'll, they'll maybe even convert doubloons to credit so they can afford to buy their signals um, that that you know have been a major part of the game up until now. So, yeah, I mean, if they really, it almost feels at this point like they just kind of want to do away with signals, but they've left them in because it's a way of draining credits out of the economy. Maybe that's me just like tinfoil hat time thinking mm-hmm. that, but they, 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 they really have hit signals in particular. And of course that's also then had a big knock on effect on, on the credit economy. And then they've made direct changes to the credit economy as well. And this is just kind of a further part of that. Yeah, but I think they just want to sell you signals, right? So basically they introduced signals for credits and afterwards they started to hit all the ways you could earn signals to force people to buy them with credits. It's just, you know, as you said earlier, they're rather expensive, so people might have to get more credits to afford them. And since they have a direct gameplay impact, people might be more willing to spend like credits on them. But it's like also if they're nerfing the economy, they create more ways to sell it back to you, right? Because we all know the Battle Pass will have a premium track. And we haven't seen the premium track yet, but all of the stuff that's missing now could potentially be back in the premium track. And they want you to buy that, right? It's like there is... The, the thing is, Wargaming has so much monetization put into it with like all of their loot boxes and their dockyards and, you know, their auctions and whatnot, there is so much monetization in there that I try to sell you stuff. And I mean, there's so much filler content in the loot boxes that I try to sell, right? They want people to sort of have a need for that, I guess. So they are, I think they're just nerfing the economy enough to intent, incentivize people to engage more with the monetization and to have more room, basically, for monetization, right? You can only sell people something if they need it, in a sense. Yeah, it's that that you know the, the, the classic phrase of of create a problem and then sell sell the solution essentially, and uh, they they appear to be tightening the thumb screws in order to you know get you to kind uh, of stretch the analogy to breaking point here, but to get you to buy the premium uh, thumb screw unlocking package. <laughs> Or something I don't know. That that was a very tortured analogy, but uh. <laughs> you know, it's it's okay. You can upgrade to like plush thumb screws, right? So they don't yeah, hurt yeah. as much. Exactly. So um, yeah, it's it's been maybe a bit on a downward spiral ever since since wargaming decided they were really going to embrace loot boxes. And you know, we mentioned Overwatch earlier. I mean, Overwatch was the game that 
popularized the idea. So, um, thanks, Activision Blizzard, I guess. <laughs> I mean, the sad thing is if it wasn't them, it'd have been someone else. It would have been EA or it would have been one of the other giant, massive, greedy companies. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel, I feel like almost they took a lesson from, um, like four or five years ago now when they tried to go down the route of making everything in, in inflated bundles. Mm-hmm. And this was, this was a big kind of all at once step and the community absolutely got up in arms about it because it, 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 it was a massively greedy step, basically. It was massively anti-consumer. And almost the lesson that they've learned from that perhaps is, well, we just have to do things more incrementally and not just... <laughs> Not just uh, make these big sweeping obvious changes. No, we do it a bit at a time, and uh, you know maybe, maybe they won't notice. And you know if we lose some players along the way, it's fine. We just we just have to hang Squeeze on to the players. Squeeze more on, on to, the Yeah, we just have to give more things for the whales to spend money on. So yeah, it's not a good look. It's not a good look for Wargaming yeah. at all. And you mentioned uh, there has been one response to this from, from Wargaming so far and what they are investigating or something like that. So by, yeah, basically... There's been, there's been a couple of replies from Cyberfight that have been yeah. quite non-committal and I don't think there's been anything today other, other than saying, well, we'll look into it. Yeah, they they maybe we're just hoping people people wouldn't notice. They they gonna come back with uh, oh sorry it's a miscommunication probably. I mean, I will I will laugh so hard if the word miscommunication <laughs> is in there. I mean, it'd be a very a laugh, but still. Uh. I come back to that old chestnut. You could sort of create the ultimate wargaming meta meme of, you know, oh, the spreadsheet says it was a miscommunication. It's fine. Oh, well. Uh, and there is another, like, website event, I think, in other news. It's what chips for treats. I don't know. There is basically you can participate and get portal chips, and I don't know what you can get for those. But it's once uh, one of their portal places, uh, portal events again. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's been a few more of the recipe things as well, you know, which in, in contrast to all the other things we've been saying, I mean, I, I guess yeah. that's that's fine. That's the kind of thing that it's, it's like, you know, more, more stuff like that on the portal, I guess, wouldn't, wouldn't make anybody particularly mad even if the recipes they started with don't seem to be particularly naval in nature but yeah if you want to know how to make tom yum soup with shrimps you can find out on world of warships website i mean i'm not sure if i would go to world of warships for traditional uh, asian recipes but you know uh i i would be disappointed if every recipe doesn't have at the end of it you know just like 
add a quarter of a litre of vodka. (laughs) (laughs) Recipes of the Wargaming Way. Uh, well, oh, there is the Malta as well. The Malta's Ah, going to the armory, um, which you can buy for an absolutely eye watering amount of doubloons at the moment, or you can wait for coal. Yes, uh, I I think, I mean, we won't spend too long talking about this. We are basically at the end, but I think some people are just going to be mad that it's only now finally Malta is coming to the game and that Malta wasn't the tier 10 carrier to begin with. But, I mean, at least it's a coal ship, I suppose. It's kind of the uh, the British equivalent of the um, United States class. Ah. And that, it, you know, it, it was the, the sort of planned post-war mega carrier that never was. Well, now uh, for only... Uh... Outload of the balloons, it could be yours. Yeah, it is. It's like the price is pretty disgusting. <laughs> Nearly 50,000 doubloons, just shy of 50,000 doubloons for the most expensive one, and 35,000 doubloons for uh, pretty much just the ship. Yeah. And on, I guess, that happy note, it's it from us for this week. Yeah, a slightly grumpy edition, but we were mostly talking about submarines. So, yeah. I, I mean, everybody who knows me in Solid Article probably was fully aware I would be ranting a lot tonight. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess that's it from now. And uh, have a good night, everyone. We'll be back next week. Bye. Bye.